0: Could the White Sox become the next Tampa Bay Rays? And not in the good way. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello baseball fans, welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the Daily Podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. And this is about to enter my sixth year here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter or whatever it's called now. And Instagram at Locked On MLB Pods. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe on YouTube throughout the offseason because we'll be talking baseball all off season long. And subscribe. Get some of the notices of upcoming shows, especially here on Christmas Week. I'm still they we're still putting out shows three, four, five a week. Uh, probably three, but maybe four or five. I don't know. I'm going to just keep recording. Who knows when? And if you listen to us every day, be sure to send out the hashtag EverydaySully so I know who our everyday listeners are. I hope everyone is having a wonderful holiday season. And yes, that's how I'm going to say it. If anyone has an issue with that, that's a you problem. Uh, I hope everyone had a happy Ricky Henderson birthday for all those who observe. Uh, yesterday was uh, Boxing Day which is the day after Christmas, which is where you take the stuff back to the store and you say, hey, uh, this doesn't fit, this stinks, there you go. I want to bring something up. A lot of speculation has been kicking around over the last few months about the Chicago White Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf in the city of Nashville. Look, it, we know, but hey, do your drink. I, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm going to try to cut back on my look-its, but do you know what? It's really hard to. You got to forgive me. Look, Jerry Reinsdorf is the chairman of the Chicago White Sox and has been for a long time. He is also 87 years old, he will be 88 years old in just a few months. And he has been the chairman of the Chicago White Sox for almost my entire life. I mean, he was, you know, he made uh uh you know his per who knows who knows how these people make their billions. I don't know. He used to own the letter J and he gets residuals for J. I don't know. These people have there was so much money, their money has money. Uh and Bill Vec was bought out of his share back in 1981 by Reinsdorf and his partnership that he was in. And he has been in charge of the White Sox all these many years later. The White Sox have had ups. They've had downs. They've had a wonderful 1983 season. They had a great 93 and 94. And there was also several times they almost moved. They almost moved. They were this close to moving to Tampa Bay when they had the situation with Comiskey Park. And if you go watch a video that I dropped, God, almost a year ago, where I did a whole video at uh, at Guaranteed Rate Field, I think is what it's called now. I keep forgetting. I keep thinking it was New Comiskey Park. And I basically told the story about how the White Sox never moved from Chicago. And because of that, the Brewers exist, the Mariners exist, and the Rays exist. All because of times that the White Sox almost moved and a new team was put in instead, you know, the, the Seattle pilots, the, the team that uh, I'm, I'm representing on the shirt I'm wearing today, the fact that they moved from Seattle to Milwaukee before the 1970 season left Seattle wide open. The White Sox almost moved there. The White Sox had almost moved to Milwaukee all over the place. And in the end, They had a brand new stadium built and they built the wrong stadium. I'm just basically recapping that video. The White Sox got a reprieve from the governor in the late 80s. They built a new ballpark. It became New Comiskey, aka Guaranteed Rate Field, aka US Cellular Field. They had a chance to build a ballpark that the designers of Camden Yards wanted to build. And they said, no, no, we don't want an old timey park. We want a modern baseball stadium. It was cold. It was sterile. And the very next year, Camden Yards opened up in Baltimore. And a great what could have been—that if the White Sox had built the stadium that broke the mold in terms of great baseball experiences, the way that Camden Yards was, would, would the White Sox popularity have skyrocketed, or at least their stay become a destination? Well, look it. Take the drink. Sorry. The White Sox stadium has been around since 1991, and we have seen with the Rangers, and we have seen with the Braves, who have also had ballparks that were built in the 1990s, only see them be you know knocked down and and moved to other places. And of course, both of those teams wound up winning World Series titles uh, f- for the fan bases in that stadium. You can replace a stadium pretty quickly now, and despite the the renovations and the attempts to make it less sterile and less of a crazy place, the White Sox Stadium just has never worked. It's never clicked. It's never been a, a place that's been a destination. And the White Sox popularity in Chicago, save for, ironically, the 1950s, the White Sox have had trouble getting the foothold of the attention of chicago i say ironically the 1950s because that was the time when a lot of the cities that had two teams decided we we only need one the brave you know boston had two teams the braves left went to milwaukee philadelphia had two teams the a's left and um you know st louis had two teams the browns left chicago had two teams But the White Sox were really good in the 50s in that era where everyone was moving. And they were drawing very well. And they won the pennant in 1959. Heck, even New York had teams move. But the White Sox were quite popular then, thank you very much. And because of that, they didn't move. But they were threatened to move a lot afterwards. Well, we have to really ask a hard question. Is Chicago a two-team city? Now, I have to be 100% cards on the table here. I'm not a White Sox fan, but I have a very, very soft spot in my heart for the White Sox. I've always rooted for them over the Cubs as an outsider. They've always had players I've really liked, and I like that sort of scrappy, they're not the the cool team to root for quality that the Mets had and the Angels, and the Angels have and the A's have. But... And so, and, and I know a lot of people who are White Sox fans. In fact, the greatest podcaster of them all is Jimmy Pardo, the host of Never Not Funny. He is an absolutely rabid Chicago White Sox fan. I understand there are crazed White Sox fans out there, and there are people who are super passionate about the White Sox. They have a chip on their shoulder, and it is a great uh, identity for the South side of Chicago, except the fact that they don't draw and they don't nearly have the popularity of the Cubs and I ask the question, if you are the White Sox, would you rather be taking the Cubs scraps or would you rather have a city to yourself? That's a hard question to ask. And over the last bunch of months, Jerry Reinsdorf, who's getting up there, has been playing footsie with the mayor of Nashville. And when asked to deny, if they're thinking about a move to Nashville, everyone's been a little bit coy. And the lease for U.S. Cellular Guaranteed Rate Field, whatever the hell it's called now, is going to be up. And it's either 2028 or 2029. It's in six years. And after that, who knows what you have? And, of course, leases are very easy to break, especially if you have... A city willing to you know fit the bill for breaking it. You have an you have a stadium that was the wrong stadium, kind of like Tropicana Field was the wrong stadium. They have trouble drawing and they have trouble getting the attention of the fan bases. Now, granted, it's Chicago, it's one of the great cities in the country, but you have to wonder, would they be better off money-wise, having a city like Nashville? All to themselves. I would love the White Sox to stay. This is not me saying I think they should move. I also wanted the A's to stay in Oakland for the reason I know so many A's fans, and going to A's games are is a you know great thrill. Maybe you saw the Ricky Henderson video we just dropped. But the fact of the matter is, you have to think long and hard about two potential landing spots. Two places that are no-brainers for a baseball team. And if baseball is going to expand by two, there may be a city or two left over. And it may not be the dumbest thing in the world for the White Sox to at least, I don't know, kick the tires? It is that time of year where the football games are starting to be meaningful. And that's a good time to join FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, players prop, player props, easy for you to say, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and finish off this NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. Close her up. Nashville. It's a great city. And I think it is an ideal baseball landing spot. Much better than Las Vegas. Better than some of the other places that have been kicked around. Baseball is a regional sport. I've said this over and over again. Baseball is a sport that requires deeply rooted fandom. I'm a Red Sox fan. I have not lived in Massachusetts since the 1980s. I live in Los Angeles. I'm surrounded by people who... Who moved here from New York, moved here from Philadelphia, moved here from Boston, moved here from Philadelphia, moved here from Chicago, and they are all super loyal to their teams. I mentioned Jimmy Pardo, the host of Never Not Funny. He's lived in Los Angeles since the early 1990s and remains a rabid Chicago White Sox fan. I just got off the phone with my buddy Michael Ferraro, the great author. He remains a rabid Philadelphia Phillies fan, even though he has been in L.A. for as long as I've known him, and I've known him for literally decades. So you need a fan base that isn't filled with transplanted people with loyalty with, with sports loyalties elsewhere. That's the reason why I felt Las Vegas was the wrong place to send the Oakland Athletics. The two places that I felt they would have been better, Portland, which does have a lot of transplants, but they also have a lot of people who strongly identify with Oregon and very proud of being from Portland. Thus, the great success of not only the Trailblazers, but also their soccer team, which I couldn't name for $7 quadrillion. Nashville is another city with deep roots, and people are very proud to be of Tennessee and very proud of their fandom, which is why some of the teams, including the Predators, have become successful. And of course, the what used to be the Houston Oilers are now the Tennessee Titans. I think they were the Tennessee Oilers for at least one or two seasons when they played in Memphis. I digress. A city like that with people who have been there for generations, proud of being from Nashville, and being able to put the hat with the N on it, would uh, be a great baseball city. Absolutely great baseball city. And one that would probably attract the attention of the Chicago White Sox. They are the prime place for an expansion. There's a great site that is run called the Nashville Stars about the group that's trying to get an expansion team there. One of the people who's heavily involved in that is Tony La Russa, who, if you remember, has a very strong connection with Jerry Reinsdorf. There's another reason why Nashville is such a great place, other than it's a it's an expanding city. it's It's a city with deep roots. It also has that thing that people really, really love if you have a baseball team. It's got a lot of corporate money there. A lot of companies have national and regional headquarters in Nashville. Lots of money. Bridgestone Americas, Nissan, Mitsubishi, iHeartMedia. Amazon's got tons of offices there. They have lots and lots of money. Money. Corporate sponsors there. Corporate boxes. Corporate clients are there. They love that sort of stuff. Absolutely they do. Another city, by the way. Now, if they expand into Nashville... Let's say they expand into Nashville, and then where are some of the other places? Portland is a possibility. Montreal is a possibility. Montreal has one huge advantage, which it has a stadium that they could at least play in temporarily. But the fact of the matter is Nashville remains probably the best one. If they want to expand and get that expansion fee money, that's great. They'll probably put one in the east and the west, which may crimp the possibility of Montreal. Remember, one thing that Manfred, who I'm not a huge fan of, but he's talked about the fact he's into the idea of realignment, as is your pal Sully. One of the things that once they introduced the universal DH, which I hate, but I, I have grown to I've, I've never accepted it, except the fact that it's a thing that I grind my teeth about its existence because it helped prevent a strike. It helped end the lockout was agreeing to universal DH. It's like, all right, I'd rather have universal DH than no baseball. But with that, the difference between the American and the National League is now officially over. So what they should do is they should make four regional divisions, North, South, Central, West, which means if you're going to expand, you're probably going to have to put one more team in the West, which helps out Portland. But you have Nashville as a great place. You also have Charlotte as a great place, another big city, another place that has lots and lots of corporate money floating around there, Bank of America, Lowe's, Duke Energy, which I think was the company from Trading Places. Lots of money there. Lots of advertising there. Lots of corporate clients there. And cities with that kind of money where you don't have to share with the Cubs. Also, better taxes for corporations in Tennessee and for North Carolina, I am not Mister Capitalism. I don't understand how all of that works. Well, one thing I do know is that aging billionaires like to keep their money. I'm not going to get political here. That's just a fact. They don't like to pay taxes on it. And with the fact that Jerry Reinsdorf, let's face it, is in the back nine of his life. I don't mean to, I'm not wishing ill on anyone, but he's in his late 80s. I don't know how much longer we're going to have there. And usually what happens when the person who's run a team, whether or not you like Jerry Reinsdorf as an owner or not, he's been running the team for for a long, long time. And they have had success under him. Remember, they did win a World Series title with him as the owner. Uh, when you will the, the team to your kids, how often does that turn out to be a smart thing? When you will the team to whoever's going to pick it up after Reinsdorf leaves us, It's probably going to be the kind of a show that I can't say on a podcast that is going to be not uh, rated M.A., not for mature audiences. And chances are they want to be in a place. They're not going to be caring about the history of the Chicago whites. What are you going to be wax poetic about Luis Aparicio? They're going to care more about, hey, where can we make piles of money and keep it? You probably to do that a lot easier in Nashville or in Charlotte. And you're probably not going to expand into both of those. Now, they do have a connection with Nashville and Tony Lewis and everyone there. Guess where the White Sox top AAA team is? I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with Bartlett. That's right. They already have a team connection in Charlotte, North Carolina. The White Sox could say, hey, I want to have a city to ourselves, big corporate money, potentially rabid fan base. We don't have to compete with the Cubs and we get out of this mistake of a stadium. Boom. I've given you two options. Do I want that to happen? No. Will baseball need to do things like figure out where they're going to put some of these other uh, teams and whether they're going to expand or not? Yeah. Yeah. Has the, have the White Sox said explicitly they're not going to move. No, would it make sense? Cold hearted. Maybe if Chicago can't realistically support two teams again, I'm not rooting for them to move, but I'm saying it might make sense, but then comes the big question where do they play and should that matter hey let me remind you that lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24/7 streaming channel on youtube lockdown sports today is here for you 24/7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of lockdown plus our national shows covering every league Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. By the way, I promise in a, in a very, 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 very close upcoming show, I will have on the good folks from Locked On White Sox to talk about this. Again, I'm not rooting for them to go, but you can make an argument. Now, I, I alluded to Montreal saying the fact that the, the Big O in Montreal was a terrible stadium. I've, I went to a game there. But it exists. And if you could put a team in Montreal temporarily in the Big O while you build Lebat Stadium or whatever the heck it's going to be called in downtown, Jarry Parcadeux, there are not a lot of baseball-ready stadiums just sitting around. It's why it's harder to move a baseball team than a football team, a hockey team, or a basketball team. Most cities have a big college pretty close by. I'm in Pasadena. If they want to move the NFL to here, they could just play in the Rose Bowl. Most cities, if you want to play in Boise, there's a big college football stadium in Boise. And most cities have an arena where at least temporarily you could have hockey games and basketball games. I'm not saying they will all be the equivalent of of Madison Square Garden, which, by the way, has probably been eclipsed at this point, so it's probably a bad example, but you could at least put a team there for the time being. Baseball is tough because college baseball is not that popular. There's not a lot of 35 40,000 seat baseball stadiums just sitting around. The stadiums in, I went to the stadium in Nashville. It's a lovely minor league baseball city. I've never, you know, stadium. I've never been to the one in Charlotte. But hold on a second. Let's just ask a philosophical question here. Why do you need a 40,000-seat stadium? The money you get from baseball isn't all from the turnstiles anymore and selling, you know, foamware number one fingers and popcorn. Most of it's from media contracts and corporate contracts. More people are watching it on your freaking devices and whatnot than sitting in the stands it's kind of an antiquated point of view to say we need a stadium that we could fill up no you're making a tv show and don't baseball games look better when the stadium is packed and everyone's in maybe you could have a 15,000 or 20,000 seat place you could add on 10,000 temporary seats or enclose the the Enclose those ballparks with a couple rows of bleachers that will increase it to about fifteen thousand, and everyone's on top of it. You're creating a TV show, more than you're creating a live experience. And most of the time, you're only going to get fifteen to twenty thousand a game anyway. So, isn't it better that it's packed? Everyone's there. Everyone's it's the energy of the crowd instead of there's a foul ball and you see you go blink, 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 blink like in Oakland. You know, when you when they did a refurbishing of the ballpark in for the White Sox, they lowered the capacity. A lot of these stadiums, you see, like in Pittsburgh and everything, they're they are twenty thousand seats fewer than their previous stand because they realize baseball is better when it's enclosed, closer to this closer to the field and with a smaller crowd. Well, what if you have know, Nashville or Charlotte? You got a bunch of the corporate boxes do that sort of thing, but the main idea is you create a event that when you're there, you're packed in, everyone's in it. There's an energy to it, and you can sense that when you watch the game. Maybe you don't need to build a 40,000 seat stadium. That's only going to be filled to capacity in a playoff game, usually. I mean, I mean, the Red Sox. Well, the Red Sox have had a bunch of games where there've been a lot of red empty seats. You see, you know, in the new Yankee Stadium, there's always seats, especially right behind home plate because they're like $2,000 a seat. But a lot of times that place is, you know, two-thirds full. City Field, two-thirds full. I've been a lot of games at Dodger Stadium where the upper bowl is, you know, there's a lot of room to walk around up there. It's an antiquated idea to say, we need 40,000 people. No, you don't. You need 15,000 going bananas and a couple million watching them on their device. That's where you need to be concentrating on and getting the corporate money in there, of which there's no shortage of in Charlotte and in Nashville. In six years, the White Sox are going to have the reckoning. Who knows? They may agree to stay there. They may agree to move to the suburbs of Chicago. They may do what the Braves did and find there's something out there in the suburbs of Chicago where they can create a little, you know, utopia with, you know, apartment buildings and offices and entertainment centers and the stadium right in the middle. That's what they wanted to do at Howard terminal in Oakland. That's what I've got to try to do in Las Vegas and probably, you know, not succeed. Maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll move to Nashville. Maybe Nashville would rather have an established team than an expansion team. Maybe they'll go to Charlotte. But the idea of the White Sox being in Chicago forever, they've gotten the call from the governor a couple of times. They could have been gone in the 70s, twice. They could have been gone in the 80s. White Sox fans got themselves a championship in 05. And then they stuck around for a couple of decades. I don't want them to move. I can't make that any clearer than I have. But the fact of the matter is, if I became a cold hearted snake and I started thinking about what do billionaires like? They like making money, they like getting attention. And they like to save that money from the tax man having a city with a potentially large fan base with a lot of corporate money that they don't have to share with the cubs you could make a compelling case i'm not rooting for it i'm just saying if you're a white sock fan be on guard be on guard and be on guard this whole off season as I'm continuing to do podcasts all off season here. So go to Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter or whatever it's called now, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And if you are listening to us every single day, make sure to put on that banner, Everyday Sully. Talking about the White Sox and assuring you I don't want them to move but I understand why they would. This has been Locked On MLB for the 27th day of December, 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.